0: Not Transition Ready Podcast A KFM Network Production A podcast about military service, substance abuse, and veteran advocacy Created by Kahari Johnson Written by Kahari Johnson and Denisha Peoples-Johnson Narrated by Kahari Johnson and Denisha Peoples-Johnson Music provided by Artlist.io Episode 1 The Clear Choice
1: Top 3 Reasons People Join the United States Military To Learn a New Skill or Trade, Free College Level Education, or A Family Legacy. Kahari's story starts in two very different places with two individuals who, for their own reasons, made the same decision. First, in 1971, Washington, D.C., home to a young dishwasher freshly graduated from Job Corps. Realizing his future was brighter than the grime at the bottom of pots and pans, the second, Wahatchee, Texas, wherein an only child realized the bleak employment options would not provide the life she desired. Both ultimately decided to do what many of their black peers would not. After all, fighting for the man was not cool at the time. For him, the first of his family. For her, a legacy trailing her uncle. Both joined the United States Air Force. All right, so Mama Denise, tell me about the day that you decided to join the Air Force.
2: Well, it was um, it wasn't just a day. It was a, it was a thought that I had had for a while, and it came from um, witnessing people that I knew um my classmates and then people older you know a couple years older than myself that had already gone to college and come back to this little small town and for the local factory and my classmates were you know getting pregnant and just kind of that you know cycle of things that their mom had done and I just wanted better for myself um when I moved to this little small town, I really wasn't accepted because I I didn't go to, you know, wasn't you know brought up there from a child. I used to visit my grandparents. I was there a lot, but not to where I had um, many friends. So, um, just seeing, you know, the people that I knew, not doing much and I just always had this bug in me to travel and see the world and stuff. And my uncle was in the military and he Hyped it up so, so um, I just decided that that was something that I was gonna do. Didn't tell anyone. Um, Was went to Dallas and took took my test and didn't pass it. And had to come back and take it again. And my mom was like, "What are you doing? Where are you going? What are you doing?" And I said, "Oh, I'm looking for a job," which was really not a lie because I was gonna have a job. But um, I did it and. Once I did it, I even went all the way through MAPS, got my ID
1: card Hold on you out before I let my family know. All right. Good morning, Mr. Johnson.
3: Good morning, (laughs) Shay.
1: All right. So I'm going to ask you some questions about when you decided to join. Um, I know you've probably been thinking about this. What made you um, join the Air Force?
3: Well, what made me join the Air Force is watching older brothers that were drafted in the Army. When, when they returned from Vietnam, they said, man, don't do it. Don't wait to be drafted. Get the hell in, because you had two armies. You had the regular Army, and then you had the draft Army. They treat you like two different people. If you was a regular army guy that volunteers, you live a lot better than than the draftees. Really? Oh yeah. But so they told me, don't even think about going to the army. If you can't go navy, or go air force. Okay. And I was fortunate enough that, that I took the air force exam. I wasn't the smartest thing in the room, but but at least they knew I was honest, and and I think through affirmative action I got selected, and they asked me to come to the airport. Wow. <laughs> and, but but maybe I you know mainly I look back in retrospect, it was the older guys that were like three or four years older than me, like my sister's age. That went to that convinced me to go, you know, to go that route.
1: And what year did you join?
3: I joined in 71.
1: What were you doing before you joined?
3: Uh, being dumb. <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't want to stay around DC and pregnant women. And I didn't want to go to jail.
1: Oh my goodness.
3: <laughs> so those are my choice stay around D.C., work a low-end job, and impregnate women. And I said, no, I mean, I had already did a dumb thing like get married. <laughs> you know and, what? Uh,
1: huh? I appreciate the the candidness uh, of you know, the- Oh, yeah, I
3: mean, you, you know, uh, I just uh, I wanted to be able to articulate that if I a lot of effort. So would you I mean, you know, that's she, that was my theme song, and she loved that song. She said, oh, God, God, your eyes opened up.
1: What song was that?
3: The song, you know, uh, I can see clearly now, the rain is gone. Sing it to me now. I can see clearly now, the rain is gone. I can see all... Obstacles in my way is that of a dark cloud that had me blind. It's going to be a bright, bright, sunshiny day. I mean, that address it right away.
1: Yes, I love it. It's the blue skies for the Air Force for me. I want to take this opportunity to thank you deeply for your service and say happy Veterans Day, father in law.
3: Oh, it's, it, thank you very much.
0: And then, there was me. From 05 to 09, I was pretty much an average teenager from Charlotte, North Carolina. Listening to backpack rap and doing hood rat shit with my friends. Well, unless I was in RTC or military school over the summer. The military was always something I was very aware of growing up. It was always the path presented whenever serious talk of my future came up. For this reason, I stood out amongst my peers. A sense of purpose was instilled in me long before I knew what or even if it was my purpose at all. If you had asked Young Kahari what I wanted to be, I would have said a lawyer at first, a defense attorney to be exact. I think this was because they usually portrayed the good guy on those provocative cop shows I watched because of my dad. After that, I wanted to be a music producer. Never seeing myself as an actual artist, I liked the idea of creating beats for them to put their words on, you know? I remember one day, my siblings and I were in Washington, D.C. visiting my grandma, and in the midst of a room full of conversation, I shared my music dreams with my dad. His response will forever change the course of my future. At least I thought Either you go to college, you go into the military, or you're going to be a bum. Wow. Yep.
1: <laughs> okay, so how old were you at the time of this conversation, Kahari?
0: Um, i like to say I was like seven or eight. Um I can get my, my sisters to um uh, to clarify, but I was I was pretty sure I was like seven or eight years old.
1: So this is basically one of the first times that you had that military talk that you can recall.
0: This was one of the earlier times for sure. Um, you know, I, you know, it, it had come up in conversation. Of course, you know, like my dad was in my mom was. They both got out um, by pretty much by the time I was born. But um, yeah, and it, you know, it, it always kind of been something that was floated around. But that was yeah, that was one of the first, if not the first like yeah yeah you're going in the military yeah regardless if you like it or not
1: did your dad ever know that you wanted to be an attorney
0: you know i think he did and i think that he was a little bit more relieved when i wanted to be an attorney versus um actually i'm pretty sure he did because um when i now that i'm thinking about it out loud i believe that um He was like he was might have even been bragging on me and saying like oh Kari wants to be a lawyer and I was like well actually Dad yeah oh (laughs) and I'm pretty sure that's actually how not you
1: threw a wrench in his pride and
0: he threw one right back (laughs) (laughs) he threw it right back for sure
1: yeah have you have you thought again about pursuing law
0: no. No, I dropped that. Um, I I think that uh, once I did a little bit more research and realized that, you know, defense attorneys have to defend people, even if they're guilty and prosecutors are terrible human beings. (laughs) I I just, you know, I was like, yeah, it's not for me. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The room fell silent. Each conversation stopped and every head turned to my dad and then to me. My eyes swelled with tears because I had no idea why what I said garnered such a response. My grandma, never one for many words, scolded my dad with those famous Johnson eyes and then motioned me to go into her room with her and then we sat on the bed. I don't remember exactly what she said to me. I don't really think it matters. But I do know that she told me that whatever I chose to do, I was going to be fine. I do still remember though, as assured as I was in that moment, ultimately, I didn't want to disappoint my dad. So it was what it was, I leaned in, and honestly, I was pretty damn good at it. While other kids played hide and go get it and slept till noon daily. I spent my summer as student command sergeant major while attending Oak Ridge Military Academy. First sergeant, I think one of those top positions, can't really remember, somebody please correct me, of my JROTC class for three years. Would have been four had I not moved my senior year. More on that later. Then came June of 2009 and I graduated from high school out of Northern Virginia. Now let's just say based on my transcript, I was no academic scholar, nor was that my intention as I hadn't submitted a single college application. So I moved back to the city to live with my sister, even worked at the Bobcats Arena for a few months. But then slowly I started to realize I was pushing off the inevitable because the money I was making at the arena was barely enough to cover my public transportation back and forth. So one day I woke up early, hopped on the bus connected at the transit. Then headed over to my local military recruitment center. United States Marines, here I come.
1: Ultimately you did not want to disappoint your dad. Mm. I didn't. So how'd you carry that?
0: <laughs> it was heavy. It was it was really heavy. Um you know it's 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 hard when you don't want to disappoint somebody and um i mean i had no idea what 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 that even entailed you know what i'm saying right. like, i had no idea what i was actually going to be ultimately getting myself into and um the fact that you need a lot more than somebody else's aspirations for you to excel in the military i tell you that <laughs> you need a lot more than somebody else's aspirations
1: well, I mean, you know, what's your grandma say? And I and I mean, I get that you don't remember the whole bulk of the conversation, but
0: um, yeah, yeah, I, you know, I don't remember you know exactly what she said, but I just um, you know, one of the things that I do remember conversations with my grandma and even conversations with my dad's siblings, and they would talk about him when he was younger. They call him brother. And um they would they would talk about him and, and we sounded very much so alike. Mm-hmm. And you know, he had a moment where he kind of, you know, after the graduation, he was wandering around, didn't quite, you know, know what he was gonna do. And um he ultimately, you know, chose to uh, to go into the military after Job Corps. And um though everybody was proud of his military career, I think that um ultimately they, they would have been proud of him if he had worked at a you know, laundromat or was a bus driver for thirty years, you know. I think they would have been just as proud of him. So um, you know, I, I you know, that was something that I, I didn't really get to um uh, to fully understand until years later for sure.
1: Yeah. Do you feel like you were doing ROTC and and military school and excelling in those things to get that sense of pride from your dad
0: um yes and no I mean I actually I mean I actually liked it I was pretty damn good at it you know what I'm saying um I I was I I was good at following orders I was also good at leading I've always been a leader um my whole life I've always been a leader so um You know, being able to be in that position and being able to shine. And, you know, you you tell me all I got to do is run around here a few times and do some push-ups, do some sit-ups and aim here, hit this trigger. All right, cool, I got you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Easy. Let's do it.
1: So that being said, you know, in high school, the school heavily, like, pushes college. Mm Mm-hmm. So, like, how did you get through your senior year without even applying for a school? I mean, I like, that's yeah. completely unheard of.
0: Um, So, yeah, I slipped under the radar for sure. Uh, so what happened was, like I said, I, I left. I went to—I was in school um, up to my junior year down in um, North Carolina. And then I moved up to uh, Northern Virginia. And um, because it was my senior year, because the curriculums are vastly different between the two states— um, once my credits and everything kind of got shifted around, I went from being behind credits in Charlotte to being over credits <laughs> in Virginia somehow, and had free periods, all this crap. But anyways, long story short, um, I slipped under the radar. You know, I didn't, I didn't do a lot of the things that regular seniors did. Um, I'm not in the yearbook. Um, I never took my SAT never even took a psat
1: that's crazy
0: you know to this day i've never taken you know any of the act any of that um i think i knew for a very long time kind of what my uh what my path was pointing me to because even though i never took sat or did a college application i did plenty of asvab
1: (laughs) (laughs) speaking of asvabs united states marine huh
0: yeah, yeah, it's crazy uh, It's crazy, actually, okay, I'm, I'm glad we talked about this So what happened was um, Yeah, so I went I went down to the recruiting office And um, the how it had it was the Army and the Air Force had the office And the Marines and the Navy had an office mm-hmm. So um, I went down there and I was like, you know what? I'm going I'm to I'm I'm go against the ground I'm going to go do this so I went into the Marine office And I walked in and there was a Marine recruiter, Navy recruiter, and they were both there. both of their chairs were out of their cubicle pointing toward the TV, which was in the middle. They're watching some football game. I walk in, standing there for maybe about five seconds. They turn around, look back at the TV, turn back around again and say, I'll be with you in a second. And they turn back to the TV and they keep on watching. Other recruiter doesn't even turn around. Navy recruiter never even turns around. <laughs> Marine this is Marine, right? So I'm just like, okay. So I waited for about... Maybe another 10 seconds, and I was like, yeah, fuck this. So I turned around, and I walked out, and that was, uh, that's pretty much where we're at right now.
1: (laughs) Wow. Probably took the TVs out of the recruitment office at that point.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I wish I had thrown it out of the office at that point. (laughs) Feeling defeated and outright disrespected, I walked out of the office and turned left back to the bus. The Air Force recruiter at the same moment was walking outside and lighting a cigarette. He met eyes with me, smirked, while lighting his cigarette said, Damn, they already got you, huh? Nah, they didn't, I responded while continuing to walk. Oh, really? Well, come and talk to me for a second, putting out the ember and opening up his office door. Four months later, I was shipping out for Air Force basic training. And six months after that, to my first station. Misawa Air Base, Japan.
1: Not Transition Ready Podcast, a KFM Network production. Created by Kahari Johnson. Written by Kahari Johnson and Denise Peoples-Johnson. Narrated by Kahari Johnson and Denise Peoples-Johnson. Music provided by Artlist with special guests Denise Pullen Stickers and John Johnson, this episode is dedicated to Yvonne Littlebit Alexander. So you tell your friends and your family at the same time, or how was the conversation with your friends? Well, my
2: friend, um, ironically, happened to be the one that you know I just lost last week. Um, I told her and. She was very sad. Um, As a matter of fact, the day I left, four o'clock in the morning, and we're standing in the middle of the street in in front of my grandmother's house, holding each other, bawling our eyes out. Mm -hmm. Because I was leaving, because we were just, you know, we were were best friends, and I was leaving. And so she was just like, I want to go with you, but, you know, she couldn't, because as soon as she graduated high school, she got married, and she had already had a baby, so... Um, but, um, she was the only friend that mattered. Yeah. The rest of them was just like, okay, whatever. But yeah, she was the only one that mattered. So that was the only one that I told directly. Everybody else kind of heard it after I left.